0: Talk and Shop, an e-commerce strategy
1: podcast brought to you by Zyber, New Zealand's leading e-commerce experts and Shopify Plus partner. We're here to share our knowledge and insider tips on all things e-commerce with the help of some amazing industry guests. New episodes
2: available every week so
1: you can make the most of your business online. Stay tuned for this week's episode coming right up.
0: back to talking shop with zyber i'm leo and i am here as always with the magic johnson of MVA, waldo <laughs> how they, are you buddy they just keep getting better and better these I, intros mate. i hope they're, well, that oh, was honestly. a really quick intro hey um so this podcast is about e-commerce strategy yeah it's about uh succeeding online yeah as usual today we've got someone pretty special oh yeah but before i do the introduction i thought i'll throw this question at you oh wow yeah, we're going to get straight into it. Oh, yeah. hey, uh, what, what does mental toughness mean to you?
1: Uh, mental toughness, I guess, is uh, being resilient, um, not overthinking things, okay. uh, looking at tasks. Uh, someone once told me, how do you eat an elephant? And I was like, what? Yeah, that's and a good they question. Said, one bite at a time.
0: I hope they haven't eaten an elephant, but, <laughs> but you're right. You've got to break it down. So, exactly, yeah. exactly.
1: Fantastic. Yeah, so mental toughness, I guess, is just being able to uh, look at a task, break it down into its core components, um, not overthink it, and then, um, yeah, tackling those pieces from top to bottom, working your way down the list.
0: Well, fantastic, because today we have Sean Quincy. And Sean Quincy is somebody that's done a very big challenge. I'm going to let him explain what it is. Uh, but listen, uh, before I bring in Sean, he's actually got a really fancy title. I'm going to read it out because it's quite long. All right? yeah. So Sean is the FinTech founder and CEO, director at Ice Angels, general manager at Buy Now Pay Later, Latitude Finance Services. And this man has done quite a bit. Uh, Sean? Sean? Welcome to the show. Thanks for
2: having me. It's awesome to be here. Oh, it's awesome.
0: awesome. Awesome. So, Sean, I didn't allude to what is it that you've sort of done that we think is quite mentally tough <laughs> as well as physically tough. Do you want to sort of break
2: down uh, what what you've done and maybe how you got to doing this thing that you did? Yeah, awesome. No no, no worries. Hey, well, I guess it all starts with back in 1977. My dad, uh, Colin, was the first person to row solo from New Zealand to Australia and that uh, that took him 63 days to do that, and he was all by himself, and he left off um, Hokianga Harbour and crash-landed on Marcus Beach 63 days later mm. uh, wearing a small little pair of jean shorts. And, they, uh, they were in. they <laughs> yeah, were, they in were totally hand. in, and they're back, and they're back. <laughs> yeah. and, uh, and so Dad did that, and that was awesome. And then no one else has done it since. Um, so back in 2010, I thought, well, how cool would it be if Dad was the first to go one way and I could be the first to go back the other way? And so that was the catalyst, right? That was where I saw an opportunity. And I also realised how competitive I was because I kind of started feeling about... How disappointed I'd be if someone else did that and someone else took that sort of what I felt was my entitled entitled yes. uh, win there. And so, yeah. um, look, I quit my job, got stuck in, started building a boat, and then luckily for me, I was uh, successful. Left from Coffs Harbour, and it took me 54 days to row solo and uh, crash land on 90 Mile Beach. 54 days later, um, no one's counting that I was nine days faster than Dad, but um, <laughs> it was uh, a, a good wee challenge. And and look, really set me up for what I think has helped me in business and tech and in e-commerce and in a number of different ways I approach challenges in life and sort of set the um, the parameters for me about what's really, really hard and, and what it takes to win.
0: Yeah, I think, yeah, I don't know about you, Waldo, but if I think of 59 days or so, how many 54. days? 54. 54. Yeah, yeah. Out in the cold, the dark, huge waves, yeah. I don't think that's something that I would... Tackle, but it's just amazing that that just shows that yeah, you've got this attitude to just keep going and do these things, um, mate. Like, how did you even? I know you because your dad did it, but how did you even just start saying, "Well, I'm going to do it." Like, this is this is what I need to start doing now, or I need to start training, or I need I
2: need funding. Like, how, how, where do you start? Totally. Well, hey, and this is where it's so similar to running a business or setting up a business, whatever it is. You you look at it, you look at the entire plan, and if you knew how hard the whole thing was, you'd never do it. You'd mm. never start. And yeah. Your elephant analogy is absolutely mm-hmm. spot on, right? So you you break down the task into the components that you can manage and there'll be components you can deal with and where you've got domain expertise and where you're, you're awesome at stuff. There'll be a whole lot of components that you're totally rubbish at and you have no idea. And so what you sort of do and how I approached this with, with business or with Rowan the Tasman was, right, what can I do myself? What can I get done? What can I get started? What can I, you know, bootstraps, the word we all use, yeah. mm. and how can I get the wheels in motion? And for me, I knew I could, do a little bit of building so I might start trying to build the boat I could watch a bit of YouTube and get that done I could talk a bit of rubbish so I knew I could raise a little bit of money you know and tell a bit of a, a bit of a story and get some PR about it and get some momentum and inertia around the story and what I was trying to achieve and it resonated with some people who wanted to get behind my my purpose and what I was trying to do and they they believed in my vision and ultimately it's the first steps to building the team of people that you need around you to succeed and I was really lucky to have a whole lot of people that that liked me and believed in what I was trying to do, right? And so but really, at the core of it, it's a plan, and then it's an executional sort of strategy as well about the people you need to help you to succeed as well. And that's ultimately what it was. I didn't really know it at the time being 23. I was just kind of putting pieces of a puzzle together to yeah. go, well, shit, where are the gaps? Yeah. Um, but absolutely, it was breaking down the various components and finding the best experts I could in those particular areas to help me build out the capability to finally sort of get that little red boat from Kosaba um, to New Zealand. and I. Think you know if you do over over index on the whole thing you know if I ever put myself um, in a position of thinking about how on earth was I going to get this boat to Australia raise a hundred grand row all day all night prepare for the various um, different scenarios you know you'd never actually do it Um, and perhaps sometimes a little bit of naivety is a bit of a strength but ultimately building a team breaking it down into the components just facing the challenges as they arrive, so just just deal with what's in front of your face to get to the next day and keep going. You mm. know, and I think the combination of those things sort of get you there in the end.
0: Yeah, yeah, and I'm well aware that you've done this many times with other businesses, but we'll, we'll stick to the story about you rowing. Um, how did you raise some of that hundred grand or, or plus that you had to raise to, to get this
2: boat over to yeah. Australia? Yeah, well, look, I remember um, knocking on doors at the time. Oh, was, uh, that uh... while <laughs> knocking on doors, We're we've all, been there. All, all done a bit of that, right? <laughs> and uh, the the little proposal was, you know, put a sticker on the boat and give me a couple of thousand dollars and, uh, you know, the re- return on investment is going to be huge because we're going to be on the front page of the newspaper. And I remember um, talking to an ISP um, as an internet provider saying, well, look um, – Yep, I'll put a massive stickers on the outside of the boat, and they're like, "Okay, that seems like a good idea." And yeah. then one of their board members said, "Yeah, but what happens if you flip upside down, and then we're on the front page of the Herald with you know our upside down brand or something like that?" And I was, and I was like, "Yeah, well maybe, but imagine you know if you put your brand on the hull of the boat, so the bottom, so if I am upside down and the Orion flies across, that's got to be worth thirty grand immediately, <laughs> yeah, nice. right?" And yes, so yes. They, got a, they got a laugh out of them, and uh, they ended up coming on board. Nice. And, uh, yeah, yeah. So that was I awesome. Saw, I saw that
1: actually. Uh, did they end up doing it? Did you? You end up doing any stickers on the bottom? Just in
2: case. Uh, no, I didn't know. No, absolutely not. I should have maybe, but but look, it was about selling the value prop of advertising, really. Yes. And I had um, done a couple of years selling radio advertising as my first job out of school, and uh, that kind of set me up for understanding how to put together a marketing package or an advertising package. Right. And right. Um, and then tv Three kindly came on board and gave me um, a whole lot of. Um, um, sort of advertising stock that I could go and resell at a discount okay. and that's ultimately uh, Mark Jennings who was running the show there um, really helped me out and got the wheels spinning um, and the funny side of that was um, he stopped talking to me for a while because I was badgering him all the time as good sales people do yes. and so he stopped replying to me and so I emailed his PA and said I'm going to go set up a rowing machine in his car parking spot <laughs> and I'm not hopping off Jeez. until he talks to me and yes. so I drove my van to TV3 and set the rowing machine up and then he came up and said come on Sean it's going to a meeting, and, and then we did the deal. So, um,
0: there's a lesson, folks don't give up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when someone says no, you know, where else have you got to go? You just got to keep pushing, no, right? exactly. Yeah, I'm yeah. really
1: interested in that uh, entrepreneurial mindset that you have there because you mentioned that you know, 23 you did this and you've been doing some advertising. What was the sort of catalyst to get you into that line of work? I'm talking maybe younger. Um, you guys went to school together, didn't you? We
0: t-
2: yeah, <laughs> yeah. Am I allowed to There's mention that? There's a few that? stories there, but we're not going <laughs> yeah. to talk about no, but I mean, today. like,
1: as, as, as a young person identifying, like, you're an entrepreneur, what do you think was your influence there?
2: I think I, I always recognised, I suppose, that um, a good path to wealth is through ownership, right? Mm-hmm. You, own, you own property, you own businesses. I would rather throw my energy at building assets, which is building a business, right? Yeah. Um, I kind of figured that out quite early on and through... You Know just reading, I guess, sadly, a whole lot of self-help books, and yeah, you know, yeah, like how so do you a lot
1: of people start
2: self-education, and you're just trying to figure out right. Looking at people who have been successful and going, working back from there and going, asking them tons of questions. I've always been um, annoyingly curious and asking heaps and heaps of questions, and generally polarised quite a few people because yeah. I asked them too many questions sure. um, about how they got there, right? Yeah. Um, and you learn to sift through the bullshit of the people who are lying to you about, um, you know, their overnight success, and you realise it's all about grind and mm. failing and getting yes. back up again and 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 going and going again. And I've um, certainly stuffed up hundreds of times Mm. on that particular journey. But exactly how I found it, I think it was just identifying that that's who I wanted to be. I felt I had energy and and leadership skills that um, I really wanted to to capitalise on, um, and, and I and I generally love helping people as well, so I like building up people um, who either work for me or who are around me and trying to make them successful, and I find that that kind of gives me a lot of satisfaction and generally builds good businesses.
1: No, absolutely. geez. Awesome. So you've done all this planning, you're at Coffs Harbour, you've got the team around you, and everything's gone great. You obviously got there, so it yep. worked. And then you're sitting there, and I think I saw a little – Goodbye message, you know, sad to say goodbye to the family and so and so. Um, what goes through your mind at that stage? You're right, we're we're off.
2: <laughs> yeah, look, I remember, I remember that moment really, really clearly, and um, I remember stepping onto the boat and I was crying, and my my partner at the time, Lisa, who's my wife now, was crying as well. And we're like, holy shit, this is it, you know? Like you're doing this, yeah. And so often, you know, isn't that the case when you take a big pump, when you, when you, when you buy a house, when you start a business, you're like, shit, this is on. Mm. Um, and I, and I, I, love that feeling, and it's so real, and it's mm. so raw. And if it, turn- I think I just
0: got goosebumps. Yeah. From you say <laughs> that, that was awesome. And
2: if it turns to custard, you know, in the Tasman, you know, you're gonna die. Um, if it turns to <laughs> um, custard in the business, right? Well, you're probably gonna lose your house or mm. whatever it might be. There, and that uh, I'm just so impressed with people who you know, start businesses because it is all real and stuff. Mm. But for me, I think it was, it was a lonely experience. It was me, my wife and 10 TV cameras. We were the only people there. Right. No one could us. I, I couldn't afford to fly anyone over. There was no massive, you know, yeah, yeah. Red Bull support crew yeah, or anything yeah, like yeah. It. it was just us. Yeah, you know, right. we, the only money we had was enough to have a steak dinner that night and she's, and then she was on the train the next morning by herself. Right. Um, so pretty lonely, man. And, uh, and pretty scary, right? I was just rowing out. There was no support boats. It was mm-hmm. just TV crews who had bought boats. And I was like, oh, well, if things tend to cramp in the first day. Can you come back and grab me? And they were like, fine. So, <laughs> um, But I think, you know, whatever whatever it is in business or rowing the Tasman, it's lonely. It's yeah. lonely stuff, right? Yeah. If you're leading, it's generally pretty lonely. And, mm-hmm. um and so that was part of what was I found hard in the beginning is, you know, after the first four days, I was like, this is just awful. I hate it. Right. Um, 50 more days to go. Yeah. Well, yeah. And I didn't know when the end was. And, yeah, and, yeah. And that's kind of like work as well, right? You yeah. don't know when you might get, you know, a win or an exit or whatever it might mm. be, or you might start turning a profit or you yeah. might start getting the traffic that you've been trying to optimize for a million, million years, right? <laughs> yeah. And it's uh, it's all hard. But yeah, it's, um, I remember sitting there and wanting to set the boat on fire because I was like, shit, at least I could get the story, you know, and uh, I can get and off the boat. The and, off. And, yeah, I'll <laughs> <laughs> you know, set it on fire, and at least I can get out of here, right? That's yeah. a
0: story. That's a story you can yeah, make some money on. Yeah,
2: so. it's yeah. Like, get me out. And, uh, yeah. and I kind of just looked at all the sponsors on the boat and looked at all the names of the people that had helped. And I was like, actually, you know, when things are this hard, um, you've actually got to reflect and go, well, it's hard for a reason. It's hard because not everyone's been given the opportunity mm. and not everyone, there's no one else rowing the Tasman. There's no one else with the opportunity to be the first in the world to row the Tasman That's right. uh, from you know, from Australia. And so I sat down and thought, well, actually, that pressure is a real privilege. And uh, and sometimes when I'm looking at um, running businesses or raising capital or trying to win, whatever it might be, it's like actually to be able to do this is a privilege. And so pony up, get over it, yeah. um, winning, not everyone gets the chance to win or gets put in the position where they can even attempt to win, and so you know, take the opportunity. Realise that you're one of very few, and you know, and if you're starting a an you know, e-commerce business, the same thing, right? Not yep. hardly anyone gets to do it, right? Only a very small proportion of people. So get stuck in. Make mm. sure you realise that uh, you you have an obligation to to win, right? Yep. For for anyone and yourself, and that the pressure you're under is because you're good at what you do. Um, so get on with it exactly. right?
1: <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So when you're going through the uh, through that, are you you fought Days in, are you focusing on the finish line, or are you focusing on little steps in between? Were there certain markers that you were looking to achieve there?
2: Yeah, this is really important. So yes, I was focusing on the finish line. Okay. Um, and that was breaking me all day, every day. Yeah, you know, it I was crying. Like such a big thing. Yeah, I was like, how am I going to do this? My boat is moving at one and a half knots, and <laughs> one and a half knots is two kilometers an hour. Yeah. You do you reverse engineer the the unit economics of how long it's going to take me to do that, um, oh, and yeah. you're like, okay, I'm here for three hundred days. <laughs> And um, and so um, it gets really scary and it gets overwhelming and it's intimidating. And mm. so for me, it is critically important that you do break things down. You do set sort of micro goals along the way. And and the most extreme example of that is when you know I was lying down in the cabin crying and the uh, cabin door was closed. It was raining outside and I was going backwards. Mm. Um, and I was like, this is just, this is absolutely pathetic. Like I can't even sit up. And then I was like, right, okay. Come on, Q dog. Um, just you know, <laughs> yeah. pony up. Let's let's nice. get on with this. And uh, so you get, all you need to do is sit up, man. And so I sat up, and then I was set, like, Yeah, that's it, that's it. All right, that's cool. That's step like one. Um, step one, set up. Celebrate the moment. It's like yeah, rock and roll. I'm sitting up. Then I had some porridge, oh, yes. and then I put my pants on, and then I um, you know put my what I'd call my makeup routine, which was zinc and all this other stuff because yep. you get quite exposed. <laughs> Backup, and then yes. I was like, my makeup on, and then sooner or later, the combination of those different things. I've been rowing for 15 hours, and you know I'd held my ground for that day. Mm. And so, nice. you know, there's hundreds of times in business where I've done the exact same thing, right? Probably haven't been crying as much. <laughs> um, but, uh, but certainly, you know, you, you might not know how you're going to get through that day or that particular business challenge or that meeting or whatever it is, but you've got to show up and you've got to get moving, right? And, exactly. and you, you know, deal with the next hour if, yeah. if that's what it means and set a little goal. And because it, momentum um, really breeds motivation, I think. Absolutely. I think, um, a lot of the time you have some people say, oh, that person was so motiv- motivated. I'm like, well, I don't know if they were. I just think they've got momentum, right? They've made some good decisions to achieve things, and then they go again, they go again, and they feel themselves. Yeah. Um, because when it's like mowing a lawn, right, you do one one strip, and you're like, yeah, that looks good. I'm going to do another strip. <laughs> and the same thing, right? you got to have little goals and celebrate them and yeah. that's what breeds that momentum yeah it's
0: it so, so important in leadership as well you know like everyone looks up to you he's got the momentum i'm, I'm feeling this and then you're all part of this group moving forward so yeah 100%. yeah absolutely i know
1: we don't want to stick too much to the to to, to the sailing i want to bring this back to econ or just uh, sailing kayaking sorry but it's so important for me so um, when you're out there when you see this container ship can you talk to them yeah, you can. You got a little VHF radio, you do. and,
2: and so do you try
0: to look for them? Like, hey, I want to
2: say hello to these guys. Yeah, you, oh, no, it's all just on. It's, you just use the same channel. Oh, it's okay, a standard you. channel. And uh-huh. um, they they like, "What? Are, who are you? What are you doing?" You're like, "Just right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry about me." Yeah. Well, the interesting thing is, you can't. They couldn't see me, right? Yeah. Which is so weird because I was so little. And, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and you think if there's a one meter swell, you just disappear behind that. So yeah. I was probably within six hundred meters of one at one particular time, and they could never see me. I was right. talking to them, and they, and I was kind of going, "You're going to ask me if I'm okay." You know, like, I'm a, are you going to even check on me, bro? And, uh, and they just kept sailing past. And, you know, big part of me was like, yeah, you know, here I am, guys. Not yeah. even some baked beans. What are you yeah, going to throw, throw me? You know? Like, side. just hook a brother up. I <laughs> They did nothing. They just kept That'd on be... steaming ahead. So, uh, yeah. yeah, but, um, you know, no, you definitely talk to them. You try to, and, you know, mainly you try to avoid them because they won't see you. They'll plow yeah. straight through you. So yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Yeah, so it's... Uh
0: so you had some communication with them. Were the other things you, you had to keep you motivated, like music? Were you like, banging out some great tunes and yeah. really
2: loud or something? Yeah, well, the funny thing was I was so... I had, like, life jackets and all this gear on, right, and then I had um, my iPod, And but I think those original iPods didn't yeah. have the same, yeah, yeah levelling yeah, yeah. of the um, sound, oh. so, like, one song would come in and smash my ears yeah. and then <laughs> another song, so it actually just became annoying. Yeah. Um, and uh, so, you know, it would have been sweet to have a Yui U-E-boom or something just oh, sitting there, yeah, but, uh, yeah. no, nah, i never had any of that. It was yeah, just... That's so um, true. I mean, it's 11 or 12 years now, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, ten, ten, oh, t- 2010, so, so yeah. You, but a bit of tech. You know, I still had a digital camera, yeah. all that kind of stuff, yeah. and it was... Um, yeah. You know, swapping over the memory cards, yeah, quite yeah. stuff. So. 64 gig, yeah, of megabytes. No, yeah, that was too expensive.
0: <laughs> now I know that some challenges had come up. You already mentioned some of that. You're sort of going backwards yeah. uh, at certain times. W- w- I think in your in your book, um, you mentioned this. You-, you went backwards a fair bit sometimes. Yeah,
2: yeah, absolutely. Look, so out of the 54 days, I went backwards 34. Out of the 54 days, right? So I was only having forward momentum for 20 of those, right? Oh, wow. And that that was another really important lesson for me, right? You know, most of the time especially in e-commerce, right? You know, you're battling, right? You're, yeah. you're experimenting, you're looking mm-hmm. for efficiencies, you're, you're you're running scenarios, you're spending money, and that doesn't work, right? And so what I sort of learned is when the going's good, you double down, right? You just yeah. make sure you capitalise on the good going. If you've got a running, a good experiment it's working, just get the, yeah. get the card out, spend more, yes. really dominate that one moment, right? Just go, go, go. Mm-hmm. When it's going bad, it's kind of just as equally important, like you go, okay, yep, that didn't work, move on, it's, yep. let's, not, let's not bury our ourselves with sorrow about how terrible we were and what a terrible experiment that yeah. was and removing that fear of failure and getting up and going again is really important and rowing was the same, right? If the going was good, I was up for 24 hours a day, yes. rowing for as long as I and hard as I could, right. um, trying to go hard. If the rowing was bad, I'd go, right, okay, well, can I put a sea anchor out and just uh, recoup? Um, can I? Do I need to row to actually hold my ground or what can I do just to make sure I'm maximising the time as best as I could? Um and, and so that's, you know, been a really important lesson for me. Yeah, so
1: while you great. are in 30-foot swell, getting bashed around for four days in your hole with rain, what were the key things there that got you through that moment in time? Because you mentioned you're crying, you're breaking down, then you're kind of happy. Then I see you jumping
2: out of the boat like, woo, you know, just because there's a moon. And it's <laughs> yeah. so like, um, what, what got you through that? Oh, she's, she's coaster, you know, and it's... Yeah. Um, the probably lesson my dad taught me, I think, that it was you know routines your ultimate weapon there, okay. and and um, that was absolutely true. So you set a routine, you set systems and processes up, and you repeat those over and over again, and that is your only control really when things are going wrong. So if you do not have a good system and a process to follow or a routine to follow, uh, when things are going wrong, you're not you're not going to be able to identify them. You're not going to be able to pick up when things are going south or you know, traffic's not coming in or you're going crazy on the Tasman, you're about to talk to Wilson and tell him how you're gonna jump overboard, right? <laughs> yeah.
1: Wilson yeah. <laughs>
2: How you're gonna swim to the bottom. And um and so that was a lesson for me it was all about that routine so that was enough to keep me occupied during all the times when you know it was you know fruitless effort rowing or yep. I wasn't getting towards New Zealand I had a process to follow that kept me busy uh, that kept me celebrating the micro goals of yes. achieving that particular process or system awesome. and it allowed me to to pick up where I might have been going slightly crazy, or I was getting sick, um, or you know I just wasn't mentally handling it, or I was going off course, or the weather was dirt coming and I wasn't prepared enough for it. All those different variables that were out of your control, a routine or a system or a process allows you to control an element of it, um, and that is... I think spot on for any business you're running, startup, e-commerce, whatever it might be. Absolutely, build out repeatable, scalable systems and processes, yep. and so um, that you can control. And then you just got to cope with the other shit that comes in that you can't control, whether it's a storm, a whale, whatever it might yeah. be, you know. Uh, whether it's a massive competitor or a, a huge incumbent or someone just Google AdWords the heck out of you, yep. you know, whatever it might be, yep. you know, control what you can and um and then you can sort of try and build from there
0: that was really well said
2: yeah um,
1: for yeah. sure because i mean i can i can see the relatabil- relatability of that you know if you you've got a target in mind you're getting knocked back if you don't have those processes and systems in place i think you would have Definitely gone backwards a hell of a lot more than you than you would if you have those in place, kind of bit of a safeguard that you have there. Totally,
2: and I would have had no path back to control. Yeah, yeah. right. Because then you're in chaos. Mm. With, with with chaos, you know, sometimes there's opportunity, but most time, most of the time, chaos, you're not sure what to do, and it will be by luck that you get back on track. Exactly. If you have a routine and a system and a process or repeatable flows in your business, whether it's whatever it might be, um, you know, then you at least know, you know, where your experiments can be effective or where they're not effective and you go, Okay, right, I get back on track, follow that routine again, get stuck in and say it's absolutely really important for business that, you know, you, you run a, you know, control profit growth or growth mm. control profit, sort of mm. however you want to play those three different elements. Yes. Um, but yeah, for me routine and systems and processes help me control. Perfect.
0: So you mentioned this routine and stuff helped you get to where you are because I believe there was some chaos in there. Uh, number one, did you really row into a whale?
2: <laughs> yeah, I did. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, I smashed straight into a whale. Yeah, just Good. weirdest thing because you don't look where you're going when you're rowing, right? Of course. Um, and so, um, yeah, so I just smashed into this whale. <laughs> Give you like, a bit of a look like Yeah, hey, this mate. thing bumped me and I was just like, what? You know, it's so weird. Yeah, you of know? course. Like, who, who rows into a whale ever? Yeah, not
1: many people can take that and one off on their CD. Yeah. <laughs> Firstly, it was
2: like no one will ever believe Believe me about yeah. this. This is right. not ever going to happen. Right. And then, sort of, this combi van size head lifts up next to my boat. Wow. And I grab onto this. We had a steel wire which ran the length of the boat, which I always clipped onto. Yeah. So I grabbed onto that and I was like, this thing is going to kick flip me. Like, yeah. this mm-hmm. is just going to smash me. And then it just, you know, cruised and whaled off, you know, whatever whales do. <laughs> and Yeah. You know, it just did its whale thing. And um, then I was just sitting there going, man, that will. It's probably never going to happen again, right? And uh, then it just swam away. And then I just rode for like four hours nonstop because I was like, it's going to chase me. It's 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 going to want to scratch its back again and I'm done. Uh, But, yeah, it was a pretty pretty outrageous you yeah. know it's a strange strange funny thing I yeah. feel apparently like they're you,
1: pretty oh
0: sorry i was gonna say if you're playing that game where you have shots and have you ever rode into a whale it's, <laughs> Sean's the only one's like yeah, yeah. <laughs> funny <laughs> that, that. so, so yeah. you speak of
1: target um and you were aiming for the west coast of the north island yeah, yeah, weren't yeah. you around yeah. about taranaki yeah that's and correct. you actually ended up 700 kilometers north that's right yeah. so um totally tell us about that feeling what sort of adjustments did you make did you comms people here to say hey uh, or could they see where you were yeah. going
2: how did yeah, that work? absolutely. I tell you, there's nothing more embarrassing than almost missing a country, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and so that was, uh, yeah, it was. We are aiming for Taranaki, then it was well, for Westport. Then we are going, okay, well, maybe we'll go for Milford Sound. Then it started pointing up again. So okay. it was Taranaki again. Then we just moved up the whole coast. Then we were talking to Coast Guard uh, um, all the way up, going, well, what's this place like to land? What's this place? And the bottom of the South Island's gnarly, right? So you don't want to land there. Mm. As you start getting up the coast, it gets safer and safer and safer. A 90-mile beach, actually, you can, You got ninety miles of beach to hit, right? Yes, so forty-five, whatever they say. Yeah, whatever. And uh, (laughs) and so, but yeah, pretty embarrassing missing missing my target by seven hundred kilometres. I mean. but ultimately, it was kind of just getting there, right? You, mm, you've exactly. just got to keep sort of pushing and keep driving. Um, and uh, and it was awesome. You know, we had 500 people on the beach and two helicopters. And um, very different to when my dad arrived, right? He crash landed at 7 o'clock at night. No one saw him land. No one knew he was coming. Wow. No one cared, wow. really, yeah. in Australia at the time. You couldn't really sort of Facebook or yeah, yeah. Here you I know, am. get yeah. the grammars out just no, to do no. just selfies with the hairy guy's jeans yeah. shorts. So it was, yeah. Well, uh, even with
1: you, I mean, you were probably three years in with that as well. Yeah. Because 2010, you know, totally. Facebook and all that sort of stuff. I've really started pop in 2007. Abs- yeah.
2: So. yeah, absolutely. I remember I got my first iPhone and I was like, yeah, I'm going to need Facebook feeds here to try and connect with my community. You yeah. know, right? <laughs> it's all nice. new words. Yes, you know? yes. And uh, and so, but yeah, crash landed. And then um, the only annoying thing was all these people travel from all over New Zealand, mm. which was just so special. i always be grateful for that. Um, but I hit the deal with TV3 as I had to be off the beach within nine minutes um, to stop all the other um, cameras and all gotcha. the other networks getting yep. the stories and yep. things. So right. um, I was bummed because I was like, Right, come back to my house. I put on four kegs, yeah. party, yeah. wrote the Tasman on the man, yeah, 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 and yeah. Uh, and, uh, and it was like ah. Oh, and then within like like thirty minutes, I was at home by myself. Oh, wow. And they said, "Oh, we'll come see you in half an hour. You better have a shower and stuff." I'm like, "Yeah, no shit, I stink," you know, like. And uh, so it was uh, it was a bit of an anticlimax, right? Because yeah. I was like, "Give me my give me my five hours of moment." <laughs> yeah, On the podium, yeah, yeah. Um, But well, that's then,
1: a bit humbling as well, there. Totally. and There's probably lessons that you learned from that as yeah, well. Yeah, you
2: know? yeah, I think so. Yeah, that was sort of a I guess it was a few weeks in the limelight for me. It gave me a bit of experience with that kind of stuff. Yep. And but yeah, yeah very quickly um, the fusion chip paper, <laughs> uh, you know, in New Zealand, it's <laughs> that's uh, a bit it's like good. that. Um, yeah, it was cool. I remember um, John Key gave gave me a call somehow, we're calling a special people. He got his, um, you know, got my phone number and called called vana <laughs> and said, "Oh, congratulations!" I was like, "Oh, that's." That's pretty cool. I must that have done something good, cool. you know. Yeah, that's cool. I hope yeah. you
0: saved his number and call him back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Send him some pics. Yeah. Uh, well, John, John was good
1: with those sorts of things. Um, I've only got one last question about the rowing experience because cool. I know it all relates to that. But right at the end there, you mentioned you crash landed because I saw you swim out with a surf life-saving um, thing. So what happened there? Did the boat completely just flip and you said, oh, I'm just swimming the last bit or yeah, do totally. some, some wave surfing? No, I totally.
2: Like. <laughs> so what we did is we had all this stuff on bike. I was seven foot of surf that day. Yeah. Yeah, 90 Mile Beach is pretty gnarly and there's Mm. three sandbars. And I was like, okay, well... I'll i definitely swim in because I want to finish it like yep. I want to get there myself yep. but um, let's just um, be a bit practical about just trying to be safe you know if you try and row and you're gonna break the boat right. you snap the rudder off you'll mm. um, hurt yourself and you put other people at risk yep. and all that sort of stuff so um, a couple of IRB boats came out we just unloaded the, the technical stuff so the computers the software that well not the software not that there's that much software <laughs> yeah. it was more like the phones and the camera and the footage exactly. and stuff so yep. that was all safe and then all I the memory um, cards yeah, 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 all that stuff and then I jumped over and I was able to swim in and uh, it was actually way longer than I thought. I jumped out, it was about 800 meters out, and I was like, You muppet. <laughs> like, you could ride rode from like, and then the boat just sat there, and so. Slowly the boat washed in, and I swam And What was really funny is all the crowd was watching the boat come in, and then I was, I just swam in down the end of the beach. I was like, hey, you know, like I've done it. I'm, I'm you know, over, over here. here. I'm, I'm over here. Over I'm right. here <laughs> you know? And then they all ran down. It was just a cool moment. So, yeah, someone yeah.
1: handed you a burger, I saw.
2: Yeah, I was um, James McConey actually. He had a, um, they'd asked me what sandwich I wanted, and oh, he yeah. had a hash brown bacon and egg sandwich in his back pocket. Oh, and, was uh, that what it was? Yeah, and, uh, awesome. but it had been in his back pocket for like five hours. So <laughs> it was good more, on you, McConey. Yeah. Mm, yeah. I'm sure it
0: tasted really good after 54 yeah, days out at sea. Yeah, that's yeah, totally yeah. good. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah. Excellent. So, that that experience, of course, has led to you now, you know, succeeding in lots of other areas. So, maybe you want to. Indulge us in what's happened after that?
2: Yeah, totally look. So um after that I was awesome. I did a book and um, mm. yeah, I got a um, became a member of the New Zealand Order of Merit, which was really sweet awesome. and um, and a real privilege and then uh, did a small doco and so that was kind of the six months after that trip. I just um, I was in about a ninety grand hole at, at that point as well. so I had to get out and do a lot of speaking mm-hmm. and try to just get myself out of that and get um, sort of capitalize on the trip where I could to um, yeah. to get back a little bit. Um then, for me, it was sort of just global financial crisis time as well, right? Oh, so it yeah. was an interesting interesting period. I was like, okay, well what what are you going to do now man like you you're not that famous you know you mm. can't live off mm. this for the forever like you'd be lucky to live off it for a couple of months right and um and so, a couple of things were happening one you know, I got engaged and um you know had um um I was doing that that gig yeah, and yeah. um and then I wanted to travel a little bit as well, so i had never been to England, and then half of my family's from England. So went over to England and rode around England and then rode. Still uh,
1: rode? Yeah, Jeez. did a few
2: <laughs> little gigs there and, did a, and then rode from um, Ireland to Wales, and that sounds really cool, but it's only about 20 k's. Oh, yeah. Um, so I did, just did a bit of fun mucking around and That's traveling. That's pretty awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Then I came back and I was kind of hunting for work, and I found a, a friend who was leaving a job at a, at a company called Debit Success and. um in New Zealand owned by Murray Bolton um, and, a, and a few other investors there and they were selling recurring payment systems for health and fitness clubs um, and really they were just tapping into the subscription economy right mm. we've seen it blow up in SAS yeah um, over the time over the years but really it kind of started when you think of it in gym memberships right no one okay. they used to sell gym memberships at a thousand bucks a year and then they couldn't sell any so then everyone was on 12-month, you know, 24-month contracts, $12 yeah, a week yeah, or whatever right. it might be. Mm. And so they built this amazing system to do the recurring payments on that through direct debit. So, um, you know, card rails were still emerging and everything then, and so that was all kind of becoming more technical in terms of credit card payments. So it was awesome that I just sort of got to see the subscription economy emerge from sort of the, the beginning. And this particular company just went from strength to strength, and I was... Um, so lucky to get a wicked grounding in uh, mergers and acquisitions and, and rapid growth and leverage channels. It was really, when I reflect on it, just the basis of what good businesses are. Uh, it's a combination of those those sort of different types, ty- types of attributes. And um, I was uh, a guy called Craig Marshall, was the CEO there, and he took over and really just put the throttle down and t- trying to buy some other companies and had a sort of growth through acquisition strategy. Um, and it's sort of the, one of the most successful ones on New Zealand companies um, mm. and they gave me the chance to launch their business into the United States and so I got two years in San Francisco nice. and um, and that's when I sort of caught the startup. The hub. Yeah, totally, <laughs> totally and they they put me there and it was uh, just a, a wicked opportunity. One, right. that they had their faith in me to do that but also, um just seeing that that space start to explode, right? Yeah. Just when it was exploding, and, and mm. really just every second coffee or beer you'd have with someone was like, well, yeah, we're raising $20 million, we're gonna go do this, and I just sold my business for $80 million, mm. and I'm like, wow, oh, this seems like yeah. a really good idea to go and try and do something like this. Um, yeah. And uh, so long and short of it, I learned from them, and, um, and then some friends over there gave me a little bit of capital, and, and I had an idea to start a um, sort of a buy now, pay later business is what yep. we know now, yep. and so I started Genoa Pay and uh, moved back to New Zealand, used my floating mortgage to, to fund their <laughs> first bit of capital, built 50 grand of software, lost all that money because I built terrible software, right. and uh, then I realized I needed to go and raise capital, oh, and that yeah. was kind of my beginning to the startup world.
0: Yeah. That there is like a whole other episode, I reckon. <laughs> <laughs> it's Very interesting to hear how people raise capital and then go through what you did. And and you, you kind of finished there, but there's a lot more to that. You, you grew in, yeah. in, in Geneva, uh, sorry, in um, Genoa, pay. Genoa Pay, and yeah, maybe. Yeah. How did you handle that growth?
2: Yeah, well, well, look, it was um, we raised some capital, so we um, we did that in New Zealand, which at the time was was still pretty new. You know, this is only the the venture capital markets have really sort of uh, changed over the last six years. It's become Definitely. far more common. The investment class and the asset class is far more mature so there's more people willing to do it. Mm. Uh, back then, you know, raising a million bucks was very, very hard, right? Mm. And it was um, at the time, we did raise a million dollars and at the time that was the most money anyone had sort of ever raised out of an accelerator in New Zealand. So that was um, that was a massive achievement. Now it's like, whatever, it's nothing. you know. Just <laughs> get you through three weeks. And, uh, <laughs> 10 mil on Series A. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you know, it's, everything's booming, right? Yeah. It's a great time. Um and so that was that was really interesting. It was the first time, you know, I went back and needed to reflect on well, what did I do to row the Tasman? You know, I broke it down into all the different components that we needed to get done to be successful. And then I thought, well, what sort of team do I need to yeah. put around me? And um, how am I gonna how am I actually gonna win? And how fast do I need to go? And um, what am I trying to build? And. So all of that kind of came together and we built a board of directors and, and um, sort of a, a tech roadmap of what we we're going to build out and, um, and so sort of raised the money and then uh, went came to our first board meeting and then and um, the once I closed the funding round to that first board meeting, Three competitors had emerged and said mm. they were all coming to New Zealand, and they all had at least fifteen million dollars more than I did in right. capital. So the first board meeting was, well, "Do we give the money back?
0: All right, <laughs> uh, well, seriously, uh, do we give right, yeah, the money yeah. back
2: or not?" And say, "Are we no. going to do this?" Yeah, yeah. we're actually going to do this, and um, and you know I was convinced that our strategy was different enough. We were differentiating from what um, you know the likes of Afterpay and Zip and, mm-hmm. and Laybuy and mm-hmm. all those other buy now pay who are coming out, who are you know who have all Become pretty good friends with all of them, and they're, sure. they're all great. Very Pe- small world, yeah, very small <laughs> world, and um, and they're all, all great people. And so, but scary times, right? Yeah, um, we went after the services sector to start, and then we obviously moved into e commerce. Um, and by Now Pay exploded to sure. the point Hasn't where it? you know, Afterpay is now, you know, the top 10 most valuable companies in Australia. Yeah. Um, so crazy. It's, it's crazy times, yeah, 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 awesome. makes
1: a lot of sense. Was there a particular company that,
2: um, the idea came from in America? Yeah, absolutely. So um, let me try and think what it was called. So Pay It Simple was actually okay. where I first saw Buy Now Pay Later. Gotcha. They were based in New York. They were doing eyewear and mm-hmm. Um I guess I was inspired by what Debit Success had done with subscription payments, and I realised that there was a retail opportunity, and I had assumed it was going to be in long-term subscriptions, 12, 24 months. Yeah. But the merchants weren't happy with the risk appetite because they would be lending money fundamentally exactly. while while the repayments were coming back in. And so I hadn't really seen that work across multiple areas yet. I thought it would. So that was kind of the initial hypothesis of what we tried to build, which mm-hmm. I wasted all the money on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then it was very clear that one, merchants wanted to be paid right for their products that they were selling because yep. they didn't have the ability to fund. Um, well, they had sh- short cash flow cycles too. Um, consumers really like, Paying for things over time, right? And then it's kind of like three. If you can advertise at a ten percent price point, so ten weekly installments, then your conversion rates going to be high, and people will buy more because they can afford to pay just not all all at once. Exactly. Um, So I saw that happening in New York, and I was like, "This is it! Like that's Mm. that's the thing. This is going to blow up." Then I saw Afterpay start, and I was like. Okay, I'm going to have to go really fast now. Yeah, and yeah. Um, and and then Nick Molan, the CEO there, is, is, is an incredible operator and was raised a whole lot of capital. And he really applied, well, I've, I feel he applied sort of the PayPal principles when they first um, launched. It was all about hyperscale. Just go faster than any of your competitors, spend as much money as you need to to scale quickly, mm-hmm. and you'll outpace them, and you'll have the inertia to continue to raise capital and keep squashing them. And they really have. Mm-hmm. And that's what they've done. It's been, it's been textbooks to watch actually on, um, you know, hyper-growth companies and um, a couple of books I've read, Blue Ocean, Red Ocean. It's like it almost reads exactly to the playbook of Blue Ocean, Red Ocean, right? And buy now, pay later in my view is sort of, you know, unless you're in the top three or four, which luckily we are, um, it's going to be a pretty hard space to, Definitely. to exist in. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. No, that's, that's really cool. I mean, um, this so Genoa Pay, 2000 and...
2: Oh, man. I think I kicked it off 2016. 16, 17? Yeah. Yeah.
1: And in five years, just look at the changes it's made. The changes I've seen firsthand that it's made to revenue, bottom line for merchants out there um, and tapping into um, demographics and markets and, and, you know, allowing them to, to... Broaden their product ranges and all these things. It's been absolutely epic. Yeah. So yeah, um, it's look we've seen some long t- may it continue. Yeah, <laughs>
2: totally. You know, it's just really introducing retail finance, which has been around in, in, in a you know brick and mortar store environment mm-hmm. for a very long time. You know, we've all seen the 24 months interest free ads and yeah. and yeah. everything like that. And and you know, I think uh, sometimes we get branded with you know the 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 loan sharks of the the e-commerce world in some way. But what people have got to remember is um, you know. Debt is really expensive if you're not rich, right? Um, You know, you pay 30, 40, 50% sometimes in in, in interest. Um, And if you're fortunate enough to own a home, you chuck it on your floating mortgage and you're paying at the moment 2.5% interest, right? So uh, cheap finance is a a gift of the rich, right? And there is a huge proportion of society that needs affordable ways to pay. And by now, payloaded to me has done that right people now can spread a $300 purchase over 10 weeks it's 30 bucks a week it won't put them into a hole they won't be paying a $60 establishment Mm. fee Mm. they won't be doing this kind of stuff it's a beautiful mechanism that allows a merchant to sell more and allows consumers to get what they need now and pay for it over time so it's uh, I reckon it has served a social purpose there'll still be people that Buy, you know, the T-shirts and hats they probably don't need. Mm, uh, but that's yeah. always happened if it wasn't. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's, yeah, always been it's not yeah. all
0: about
1: the T-shirts and hats. You know, I've got to commend you guys, what you guys were able to do for, you know, lower income, um, you yep. uh, um, demographics within New Zealand just uh, through COVID, where all of a sudden homes needed not just one laptop. We got three kids. We need two, three laptops. You know, and they were able to afford these thanks to companies like yourselves. Yeah. Where otherwise they would have just been like hands up in the air. Sorry, I can't, and then rely on the government to sit back and maybe get one if they win the lottery out of. Yeah, it exactly, is. man. So, and
2: so there's been some, you know, I've got exponentially more sort of mm, thank you emails over yeah. the years, and mm. hey, this is great. And the social media has been like, you guys are just amazing. I use this all the time. Mm. Um, you know, and as we've Expanded. That's um, and gotten bigger and bigger. You know, I don't get as many as those smaller emails as I used to as a founder. and um, yes. Um, but no, it has been it's been a good thing to emerge I believe
0: awesome definitely not sure if I'm allowed to ask Sean but what's next for you
2: oh yeah oh look well at the moment um, you know well I was really lucky to sell general pay to latitude financial services in mm-hmm. the end of 2018 and so um, that was that was cool that was a great opportunity and um, was sort of quite life-changing for my my family and I and a number of the investors and shareholders and um, and team and and pay and so um, we launched something called Latitude Pay in Australia um, as Latitude bought us. They wanted to call it Latitude Pay, and so that was pretty cool. Yeah. And we've been lucky just to absolutely scale massively across Australasia um, and really sort of defend by Now, Pay Later and um, just have a whole lot of fun, build some cool products, awesome. be really well-funded and supported by Latitude, and that's just been a great journey to be on. And we've just launched a new product called Big Ticket, and that's um, basically allowing by Now, Pay Later transactions for p- purchases, between between $1,000 and 10000 oh, as that's well. Good, so that's good,
0: Because yeah, most the, of them cap out about $2,000, yeah, you know, if you're lucky, yeah. Yeah,
2: so we really yeah. think we've found a, a weak gap, and unfortunately we can only launch it in Australia at the moment, okay. and then we'll roll it out over here soon. So um, it's actually, we call it Big Ticket, that was the project, it was actually called Latitude Pay Plus, um, <laughs> and so that's been just awesome to, yeah. to launch a product, and a different challenge launching a new product in a big corporate, right? That's yeah. a, um, a different way of doing things, and, and some's harder, some of it's easier, um, but really for our merchants and customers. They're just they're just really gagging for this. Yes. And so we can't wait to, to fully roll that out. And mm, yeah. um Latitude's going through an IPO at the moment as well. So that's all pretty exciting. Um and um and so that will um you know hopefully all go to plan and, yes, and be a and great result for that. the shareholders and, and the investors moving forward as well. Um
1: is that NZX and ASX? No,
2: just the ASX. Just ASX. So, um, yeah, yeah okay. so that's a, a cool journey to, mm. to be a part of. Which um, maybe I'll talk more about that in another episode. Yeah, absolutely. Maybe. absolutely. Um,
0: but you just trick. Uh, you made me wonder now. Latitude Plus is that something you can integrate with something like a
2: Shopify, or how's that going to work? Well, that is, I'm glad you're talking about that because yes, there is a Shopify plugin. Nice. And, uh, and totally, that's definitely one of our um, sort of leverage channels, as we yeah. might call it. But yes. yeah, totally. So many of our Shopify merchants yes. um, really want to be. <laughs> (laughs) to sell stuff that's more than a thousand bucks yeah and they want to spread it over 12 months or 24 months right so if you're trying to sell a three thousand dollar couch or a tv um buy now pay later traditionally whether it's four six or ten installments you know Mm. it's not there's no value proposition there so what we can do now is we can advertise um, you know, over a 24-month period so you can still show your customers they have the ability to buy mm-hmm. a particular product, split the payments oh, yeah. up. You can advertise at a lower price point so you get better click-through, yes. higher basket sizes, um, and it's more achievable, and people can get what they need now and pay for it over a longer period of time. Awesome. I know
1: people who sell little extension pods to their homes on e-commerce, online, eighteen yeah. twenty grand that sort yeah. of thing, you know. So I think that the, the bracket for those sorts of things is just going to go up and up
2: and up. Absolutely. Mm. So, you know, for the mm. podcast listeners, have a look at Latitude. Check it out. Yeah, it's a lot. Uh, and, uh, and do all that. For me, I also I spend a bit of time with startups as well. So I've got three uh, pretty cool startups on the go. That's uh, Quashed, First AML, and Payleader mm. And they're all sort of in FinTech. And okay, I just sort nice. of, um, you know, love, I've invested in those yeah. and just love what they're doing. And um, and I love seeing the founders and teams sort of grow and get stuck in, and it's um, it's scary, it's fun, it's hard, um, yeah. you're solving real problems, um, and it's um, it's it's awesome. Yeah, I know one it.
1: of the things because a lot of merchants will be listening to this, like mostly, and um, you know people want to get paid, right? Yeah. And one of the sticky points is always around the finance. Was it's all good? We've got this great website going and then we want to get paid at the end of the day yeah. Is what it comes down to so in that world of payments and gateways because you're involved in fintech there any things that you can see progressing going forward that's coming out that you can maybe tease us with or <laughs> um, or where do you see the major technological advancements being happening there like for example digital currencies right yeah yeah um how yeah. do you think that's going to disrupt it
2: look i i I'm not that good with digital currencies. Okay, cool. um, definitely, I can see that is going to emerge. We've got heaps of our team that muck around with it, mm-hmm. like playing all of the time. It's being more and more legitimized. It's becoming an absolute way to pay, mm-hmm. and it will. I, I think within the next 12 months, we will see gateways start popping up about mm-hmm. how to transact. And I think it's more and more technology will, will emerge, sort of ratifying the liquidity of that as a payment option, right? And that's kind of the only gap we need. You can already get retail finance using it. Yeah. You can do a whole lot of different things, and it's just going to come out as a, as a way to pay, right? It'll be, awesome. I think we'll see a similar explosion like buy now pay later. We'll see them all emerge. There'll be um, digital currency gateways, and mm-hmm. we'll see that start popping up all over the way it's Not won't be in my shop. I don't know enough, uh, <laughs> no, but um, I can definitely see that. That's what's happening. Awesome. I think what you'll begin to see a lot of is, you know, we see the battleground being the, the payments page for us, mm-hmm. and it is where you're fighting for real estate. So now, the checkout page, checkout page, yep, yep, yeah. So yep, sorry, yep uh, the checkout page. So when you see the various payment options how are you going to pay what that all that's going to look for yeah. we all now battle for prioritization of where we want placement on that page yeah. and mm-hmm. I think that that is going to continue to happen right so it's really for buy now pay later it's a skew level so where we want to be on the product page of so um, I'll probably get some of the terminology right that's, wrong but it, you no, know if you've got it. a drum kit for sale you want genoa pay or latitude pay yeah. underneath there ten ten that's it. X, yep. X, X, X. you want that and you'll yep. pay for that and Definitely. you should pay for that and um, and then it's the real estate on that that payments page, right? So I feel you're going to see a lot of consolidation there, and I think we've already seen some aggregators come in who are saying uh, one integration you can have lay-by, latitude mm. pay, after pay, zip pay, open pay, part pay, what, wow. you know, pay-pay, <laughs> <It's laughs> you just know it, like, you name it, right? Yeah. They're, they're, they're blowing up all over the place. I think cool. there's 100 globally now. Wow. and um, And so consolidation in that space, and for me, what I see happening all the time is people want to pay quickly, yes. right? They want the payment to go through, they want it done, and you want them to pay quickly because that's where dropout happens. If we provide an arduous payment mechanism, you're just going to go, right? You're going to fall out. And and we see dropout when people are using Buy Now Pay Later from time to time, and it's usually when there's any friction introduced there at all. Yep. So what I'd love to see is just faster um, transaction rates with Buy Now Pay Later, you know, faster sign-up rates, faster everything. That's where we invest in tech mm. is how quickly can we make decisions for customers and yeah. approve them and get the deal through so send yeah. them back to a good experience flow.
1: And I think that's always been something with uh, you know Fintech um, is speed you know, speed is absolute key, but there are so many things that do need to happen and verification and authorizations and you know, everything, passes it. yeah, so, and
2: regulation and is tough, oh, right? Crazy. We've got we've we've got a, we've got rules and there's, yeah, there's proper right. government legislation, yep. which if we don't follow... Director- Imagine there wasn't. Yeah, I know. Jeez, <laughs> yes, exactly. Yeah. We're proving everyone, but, um, yeah, yeah. you know, directors go to jail if we don't follow the rules. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, for me, my, my, my hypothesis on any startup or any business or payments is, you know, experience wins, mm. right? And so... So faster transaction speed is really important any payment option is an enabler. Yeah. And the mistake yeah. is some people feel it's a, you know, it's an experience and there's an element of that, but you're enabling a transaction to happen. Absolutely. You're there for the, your merchant partner to get a deal quickly mm-hmm. and to sell quickly, yeah. right? And um, and so don't get too caught up in the experience, just make it happen, yeah. know, get the sale through. Absolutely, um,
0: great, yeah. really well said. And I think a lot of merchants need to understand that and realise yeah. that and yeah, definitely. They, they will win. Uh, Sean, you said, Lots of amazing things here today. Um, I've learned a fair bit, not only from the rowing, but everything else that you've been talking about. I feel like we need a catch up, a follow up, you know, just to see how you are, where you've been, what's going on with your other three fintech companies. Um, where can people get in touch with you? You know I know you do a lot of celebrity speaking and stuff like that so yeah we're oh, thanks
2: man look just jump on LinkedIn find me yeah if you're yeah. looking at the speaking then celebrity speakers in New Zealand does it all, most of my bookings um, but look just just reach out on LinkedIn I'm pretty open pretty easy to chat to so nice. and, and I love helping so if you've got any startups you're looking at raising money or whatever it is then uh, give me a Sean's bell your or guy. Sean's your
1: will we'll get Emily to put those links in the uh, sort of section underneath wherever you are listening to this podcast from and um, look I inspired um, you know even just sort of preparing for this I remember it uh, too but I was in my mid 20s and you know really you know <laughs> paid too much attention to that stuff but I've been I found it absolutely inspiring um, and, I'm, and I hope the audience out there has as well and um, yeah just want to thank you for your time today mate
2: yeah awesome well thank you very much and good luck to everyone out there Yeah,
0: absolutely thanks everybody Cheers